that's really interesting part. I would like to ask you a question because I think that's something maybe related. So when you have this design for the brain and the design of the body in that case, and assuming we go into open-ended scenario for that case, which one do you think we have? We have to invest more in the brain or in the body to adapt to the brain? Or how do you see the adaptation if we can redundancy, assuming that we have to go for redundancy situation, which one you have to wait for more, the morphology or the shape of the robot or the brain in that case? That's such a good question. Yeah, the, the kind of, where should we put more if it's the brain or the body? Um, as an AI researcher, I personally choose to work more, let's say, on, on the brain side, on the compute side. Um, and the reason is also, if you look at examples where people, for example, have remote controlled a robot, right, with the current hardware. So for example, at the NVIDIA lab, we did a project that's called DexPilot, where we took um, a robot hand, it's an Allegro hand, which is a robot hand with four fingers. Mm -hmm. And we had a person in a motion capture system that we built, remotely control that robot. And um, through that remote control, actually, we were able to do pretty sophisticated um, actions with this with this uh, manipulator. So for example, I was even able to, there was a wallet on the table and they were able to open the wallet and pull out a $10 bill, right? Or open like sophisticated small cabinets and things like that. So that tells me that the hardware is at least far more capable than what we um, with our um, um, autonomous algorithms are getting out of them right now. Um, so I, I think there is, uh, a huge amount of work still to be done on the, let's say, the pure intelligence of these systems. Again, at the same time, of course, we need to develop um, also the hardware further to improve our robots. Um, mm. But but for me, the exciting one of the exciting direction is really on the brain side. So the other question also here: uh, When is uh, Nevada Isaac is uh, full of legit released? Will it support Ross and Inventor? Oh yeah, that's a that's a good question. So, fully fledged. What does fully fledged mean? Of course, right? <laughs> um, so, so first of all, Isaac SDK is um, an, an SDK that's designed for robotics, specifically with an eye towards taking full advantage of, let's say, GPU um, processing and GPU parallel computation. So, uh, it has specifically um, towards um, enabling deep learning, incorporating simulation into the learning processes, and also enabling high-speed communication. Um, and Isaac Sim is a tool for kind of developing simulation tools specifically for robotics, such that um, they have a high uh, physical real realism, which means they really model well the physical context between the robots and the environment, how objects behave in the physical world. Um, and also um, uh, how can we develop environments in which we can train our robots, mm. right? And how can we make them look photorealistic? So we can now develop uh, simulate environments that look virtually like the real world, right? Um, so this is kind of the tools that Isaac SDK and Sim are, um, are developing. And I don't think at any point that we say we're, we're done with that, right? It's really 
about continuously evolving them and making them accessible to the robotics, both research and industrial community so that they can use them. So there was one question about um, ROS uh, interfaces and Ubuntu. It turns out that both SIM and SDK, they do support ROS and Ubuntu already. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the simulation, um, I think currently the release has um, a ROS interface and they're currently developing one for ROS2. And the SDK has a specific ROS bridge so that you can connect your ROS tools to the SDK. So the idea is actually to make this interoperable as much as possible. 